I encourage everyone to take a moment and breathe and take a tea cheers with a Jiri tea. A Jiri tea recognizes the beauty in shared stories and shared opportunities. Ajiri sources award-winning tea from Kenya, employs women in the region to handcraft the labels, and sends 100% of the profits back to the region to support orphan education. Save 10% on your order of Kenyan teas and coffee with the code BEAUTIFULLYHUMAN at ajiritea.com. A-J-I-R-I-T.com. Tea mugs up! Hello, and welcome to the Beautifully Human podcast. I'm Nick Sheesby. In this podcast, I speak with beautiful humans from all around the world, sharing with you their incredible stories, revealing the power in every human story to spread love and humanity to a world that is in desperate need of it, to show that we can all connect in beautiful ways, no matter where we come from or what we look like. What you will find out is that we are all beautifully human. Let's all be beautifully human. Welcome into another episode of the Beautifully Human podcast. Today, joining me from Austin, Texas, is a very wonderful woman, Mary Schneider, and she is just so kind, has such an infectious laugh. I truly hope you enjoy this conversation that we had uh, if you like the podcast, follow on Spotify and on Instagram at the Beautifully Human Podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And again, just enjoy this beautiful conversation. I will just say welcome, and I'm very glad to meet you. Uh, you. I'm excited nice to have this you. chat. Excited to have this chat with you and get to know you and hear about your life. Um, so I love to start these off with a big broad question for you so we can start to navigate into this beautiful chat that we're about to have and just say tell me a story about your life story about my life well there's a lot of stories yeah um i think i think one of the most interesting stories that that has to do with my um my current um um my current position in the world and how I make money and what I do and all those things. I, um, I back in, I don't know, it must've been 25 years ago, maybe 30. I had, uh, um, three friends who were, um, all healers. One was, one was a homeopath. One was a psychotherapist and one was a nurse midwife, um, who worked on the Cambodian border in the, during the Vietnam war. Wow. She could actually heal bullet wounds. Whoa. And yeah. And they asked me when they, you know, they were going to take this thing called resonance repatterning. And did I want to take it with them? And I said, no, not only no, but hell no. Yeah. <laughs> no. And, and uh, I don't know what they were doing, but they bought it for me. And so I went up to New York and I took this training and, um, and, uh, I came back and I said, well, that was nice. It's absolutely fascinating, but I, I was in marketing and PR. I had no desire to, to, um, do anything with it. And I, it, and it ended up that I've been doing that. I've been in private pra- practice for 20 years doing that. And I, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> 
and 25 years I've been doing that for a living. That's amazing. I know. And so what what was the teaching? What like explain to me what what you learned in in those sessions, and then now what you do with with your practice? Well, it's um, resonance repatterning is a process um, for positive change, and it's based on quantum mechanics. And it says that all matter is energy. So if all matter is energy, everything has a frequency. So low back pain has a frequency, diseased organs have a frequency. And since thought is also matter, limiting belief systems, negative thought patterns, they all have frequencies too. If you can optimize those frequencies, people experience profound dramatic change in their lives. And resonance repatterning is the process that optimizes frequencies. And I went up there and this was in, I think it was um, 95 to New York to learn about it and, and started my first practice, maybe 97 or something like that. And when I talked to people about it, they were just like, what are sure. you done? You know, <laughs> now it's just, everybody goes, oh yeah, that's cool. You know? <laughs> sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean the mindset has definitely changed on that that realm, I'm sure. Yeah, I got on on a radio show back then that that in a um uh network that a friend of mine ran. She was a pro program director, so she got um a health um reporter to come over and repattern um this woman for sugar addiction and they put it on the 10 o'clock news and they did it with this like EM E equals MC squared montage floating around in it, you know, and the next day, all the physicists from UT here in Austin <laughs> called the radio station and said, that doesn't have anything to do with physics. <laughs> <laughs> Shook them up a little. Yeah, totally. Which, which was fine with me because I, I'm, all, I'm always, you know, Good press, bad press, who cares? It's press, right? Right. It gets your name out there. It gets, yes. gets people thinking differently. It's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. Nobody knows that better than Donald Trump. You Oof. know, he has yeah. that down. He, That's true. He, he has that mastered. Yeah. If anything, if, if anything, he has. Yeah. That's, that's one thing. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking when you were talking about that, um, I... You said two things that really suck out. The one about sugar addiction and also about any it, it healing um, um, like liver and stuff. Because I, I, just a brief part about my story is I, two and a half years ago now, I uh, was at the beginning stages of liver failure. And I have um, worked myself to two and a half years sobriety and gotten it healthy. Um, but I'm fascinated how how it works along those lines because also the sugar addiction one hit me because my drinks were rum and very sugary shots and i was drinking a shit ton of them a lot all the time um and so after getting sober that wasn't the hardest part the hardest part was when i started eating sugar and snacks and candies and all that that was so much harder for me to kick than 
the alcohol, the sugar addiction? Well, alcohol has a lot of sugar in it, right? And yeah. I think that I think that when you're not getting the sugar into your body through the alcohol, you've got to get it some other way, right? Yeah. In which, and when that's going on, that's just basically you still have the sugar addiction working. Right. And um, I repattern people for sugar addiction all the time. <laughs> it's uh, a big problem. It is. And I don't yeah. think people fully realize that it is an addiction or it even can be. But that one, I I was probably more on that of eh, maybe it is, maybe it's not. But then the second it kicked in, I was like, oh, my God, this is rough. <laughs> it was brutal. I had to see I had to I was going out to dinner a lot with my partner on a tour we were on. And she was like, well, I I just noticed myself. I don't eat I don't eat dessert very often and we're getting it every night and I'm, I'm feeling it. I can feel it in my body and I'm, I'm getting, I'm gaining some bounds. And I was like, that's it. I'm done. And I just had to cut it. And it was, yeah, it was really did, tough. Did you do that? Because cold turkey sugar is like cold turkey heroin. <laughs> yeah, I did. I did for a few months. And then I tried, um, I forget what it was that I tried, but I, I went back and it didn't have the same effect. So I was like, okay, I, I, I made my mindset better on it and so now it's more controlled i still allow myself a little bit because i'm i'm just like i can't take every part of <laughs> fun out of life with well that. Not, yeah that's deprivation you know you don't yeah. want to do that to yourself but i i would be happy to repattern you for sugar addiction yeah it's yeah i mean it's if you're if you're addicted to alcohol you just have an addictive personality there's you're just going to pull in different yeah. you know you can kind of, um, I don't know, replace one and then replace it with oh, something totally. else and replace it with, you know, flip through them all. One of them is right. that people move to a lot is food, sure. right? So then they start gaining a lot of weight yep. and then they don't, if they don't want to gain weight, they go back to what they did before. Yeah. It's a vicious cycle. It's, it's, it can be really hard. But yeah. once I think once you're aware of what it is and and all that it entails and how much of a of a hold it had on you, you know there's so much stuff out here that you can do. I mean, I would be happy to repattern you for sugar addiction. Yeah, you know awesome. you've got you've got a piece of it done, and you've got you know I mean, it's a process, right? Totally. Always. It's always, you can always do better at it. <laughs> There's always steps to take to, to add on top of what, what you've got. I believe that. Um, so how, how did you end up down in Austin? Did you grow up in Austin? No, I didn't. I, uh, when I was 28, I got transferred down here. Okay. And that was a long time ago. And this town, I don't know if you've ever been here. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's pretty, um, it's, it's pretty intense now, but back then it was just this sleepy little burg, you know, where you could go downtown and hear Willie Nelson. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Or, um, um, what's his face? Oh, I can't think of him. I can't believe I forgot who it is. The Stevie, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Oh you go, man. You go, down, you go downtown and listen to Stevie Ray Vaughan on the park for free, you oh, know? I, mean, I didn't just, even think about that. Yeah, just incredible. 
Oh, that's yeah. so cool. So you got to see Stevie Ray Vaughan? Yeah, I met him a number of times. Oh my yeah. goodness, that's incredible. Yeah, he, um, uh, this is my little name dropper. Yeah, this yeah. friend of mine owned a restaurant here in town and we went We went there after uh, we've been to a party or something and and his the guy that owned the restaurant let us stay and he shut everybody else out and Stevie Ray came out and played for us for three hours in Whoa. the night alone with there were six of us in there damn that's incredible <laughs> it was oh my goodness i mean i grew up on steve ray vaughn that's I that's bet. amazing i've seen i've seen the statue and everything in austin and it's fun to me to think of a sleepy little austin because every time i've been there i've, I've been through there a ton of times i have a lot of good friends that live down there i do actually love austin quite a bit um but especially like I did, I was working with a band and they were doing Austin City Limits. No, um, South by Southwest. South I've, by. I've done both, I've, I've worked both, but man, South by was mania, <laughs> to put it lightly. That was wild down there. Um, so I can't even, every time I've been there, it's just been such a fun time, such a party. I can't even imagine it as a sleepy little place. Yeah, it's just, well, you could party a lot you know, when it was a sleepy little place, but True. yeah, it's just, it's just nice to see over the decades where it's gotten. Yeah. You know, like I had a little, I had a PR business back when South by started and my partner and I, we did the PR for the first one. Wow. <laughs> we had a little teeny tiny office at the Chronicle, like a closet. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Now they have their own building. <laughs> right. That's so cool. Yeah. And I mean, what a, I'm, I'm just imagining it. I've in the 12 years I've been going to Austin, I I've seen so much change. I can't even imagine living there and then being in that city and just being a part of all this, this happening going yeah, on. It was, it's been really fun. It's been That's so cool. Yeah, it's been really good for business. And yeah, I'm sure. For, you know, for it, it brings in a lot, a lot of cash into our economy, and we haven't had it for the last two years because of COVID. You know, so right, kind of, kind of a bummer, but that's okay. Yeah, it'll come back. It'll come back. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, where did you grow up at? I grew up in Detroit. Oh wow! Yeah. And then uh, I went, my, my family moved to Lansing, Michigan, which is the capital where Michigan State is. Yeah. And uh, I, I went to high school there. And um, I went to college there. I went to Michigan State University. And, and then I, I, well, I guess I, it must have been maybe eight or nine years. Well, no, not that many. Maybe five or six years that I came down to Austin. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's it's cool that you say Detroit too, because that's another city that has evolved so much. Oh, I love Detroit. It's, yeah. So it is so cool, you know. It is. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I grew yeah. up. I grew up in Ohio, and I grew up a Red Wings fan because we didn't have a hockey team in Ohio. So I remember the first time I was able to drive up there to go to a game at Joe Louis Arena. 
And that was the first time I'd ever been to Detroit. And then now when I go back through, I'm just like, this is a whole new world up here now. Yeah. Well, George Soros put a lot of money into it. And it, the, I, the thing about Detroit is the architecture. Yes. You know, it's just, just kind of that industrial 30s sort of like fountainhead, you know, kind of yeah. just, yeah. Yeah, it's really cool. And I, I, and, yeah, and I like that they are paying attention to that and using the structures that they have to make it cool. Yeah. You even don't need to put anything new in. Just build what you got up. Make it even, rad. Even the factories, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. They're, just, they're cool, you yeah. know? You just can't. <laughs> I don't know. I was raised on Motown. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I, I love some Motown, too. And I just, yeah, I, all these cities that have such history, it's cool that you've been in so many or a couple different ones that have had such big ebb and flow to them. Well, and, and, and I've gotten to know them well. I didn't I didn't just pass through, you know? Right. That was That's the nice thing about it. Yeah, because that's one thing with my, my travel. I work most of the time, not this past year, obviously, but traveling with bands. So I have made it through these cities a ton of times, but that's one part of them that I don't necessarily get is fully getting to know them. I'm there for a very short period of time. Yeah. So it's cool that you've, you've dug in and you get to see that massive change come through. Yeah. And be a part of it in different little ways. And yeah, it's, it's really cool. I'm very blessed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so one thing I'd like to talk about on this, um, it's, it's one thing I miss the most during, uh, COVID times and it's traveling. Um, where's it, wh have you done a, a lot of traveling in your time then as well? Actually, no, I, I really never, um, I've done, I've done very little traveling. I've done a lot of traveling. Um, you know, I used to, travel in my work all the time yeah that would be you know just nationally but i've spent a lot of time in mexico oh cool yeah i love mexico <laughs> you know <laughs> you get off the plane and i get off the plane in mexico and my shoulders drop six inches yeah you know the energy is just very different there definitely very different than the yeah. united states yeah and um and I, of course, I've been all over the U.S. I my family is pretty um, spread around, and um, you know that uh, I have a sister who lives in Montana, and I love oh, going beautiful. up there. It's yeah. beautiful, right? Love Montana. Yeah, just just that whole that whole um, cowboy, you know, in inflection. I just love that. I I love it here too. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I went up to to Glacier last summer for the first time, and I was just floored. I couldn't believe how gorgeous it was up there. Yeah, my sister lives thirty miles from there. Oh man, in Kalispell, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I was in Glacier last year. Yeah. Our beautiful. Our VW. We bought a VW van uh, over quarantine um, to go drive around the country and. Um, our, it it broke down in Kalispell, so we we spent two days in oh. Kalispell waiting <laughs> waiting for a van to get fixed. 
<laughs> so we know it. We do it. We got to know it pretty well. Oh, it's really wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. What a great place to break down. There's so, yeah. There's far worse places to break down. I know. I have another friend that's so funny. They broke down in Kalispell. Man, it might <laughs> just be the the spot to break down. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's this like beautiful place by the there's uh, in Cal in. Uh, in Glacier, there's this beautiful little um, tchotchke shop, you know, where you can stop and get pictures and all that kind of stuff. And right next to it is a piece of the, it's a big driveway. Probably they put boats in the water there. And um, and we were hanging out there and uh, <laughs> a month later, that exact spot was on the cover of the Sundance catalog. <laughs> I I can't be surprised. I know. It's so beautiful up there, and we were we were there during the summer, and I mean it was a mob. Scene. Uh, it was mobbed up there. Was it? Yeah, I mean oh. a lot. The place the place we went we went to um, it, it was a off of a bridge where you could park your camper vans, and it was uh -huh. probably seventy of them of them down there. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Yeah, I think a lot of people this summer when when COVID went down a little bit, I think a lot of people from what we saw went to state parks and national parks and stuff like that. So, yeah, there were quite a few people out and about on on when we were up there. Um, so on that note, then if COVID restrictions weren't in place and you could travel wherever and I came to you and I said, Mary, I have a plane ticket to anywhere in the world. Where would you go to? Mm, that's a very difficult question. I, I, uh, the first thing that pops in my head is Paris. Mm. The second thing that pops in my head is Spain. And, um, I, you know, I have been to Paris before and I just, uh, really adored it, you know, but yeah, that, I think that's, that would be it. I wouldn't go to Mexico. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, in my scenario that I'm playing out, it's it's more like the Oprah model where I just get to go, well, okay, you want to go to Spain and Paris? You get to go to both. So <laughs> I would say you get to go to both. I've been to both and I absolutely love, I love Paris and I love Spain. I was, yeah, in, never, I was in Madrid. Yeah. I've never been to Spain, but there's, it, it's really rich. Yes. Really rich. Yeah, it's not a lot. Um, yeah. I have these. I have this thing on my computer, which is uh, uh, people. Um, I don't know how they do it, but they pop up different pictures from all over the world all the time, and they pop up a lot of pictures from Spain, and ah. it's just incredible. And they pop up a lot of pictures from South Africa. Ooh, Gee, yeah. Louise, what a beautiful place! Holy mackerel! Yeah. Yeah, that's a. I, I have a friend who is living in Cape Town right now. He's actually from Zimbabwe, but he's down in Cape Town. And oh, I what a beautiful a, city! Oh, oh my, my God, God, I know. Every every time I see see photos from down there, I just want to go. <laughs> actually, I saw this the other a week or so ago. A friend of mine sent it to me, and there's actually a road that you can walk from South Africa all the way to a far. I think all the way across Russia, you can walk it. It would take two and a half years to walk it. Wow. But it, 
It's got bridges over all the water. It's got, it's it's a fully walkable path. But yeah, you would change like six time zones and it would you would see, yeah, like two years worth of, of life <laughs> walking this road. And you'd walk all the way across Africa, all the way up through to Russia. I mean, could you imagine? Does it go up up through Europe, Russia, yeah. or huh? Yeah, so it goes up. I, from what I saw, it it looked like it went through Egypt and then kind of went across that way. So I think you'd probably hit. I don't know. I, I I'd have to look at it more. But you go through. I think like parts of Eastern Europe through like uh -huh, maybe Croatia uh -huh. that way and uh -huh. then in. But I was like, man. If if the world keeps shut down, that wouldn't be a bad way to spend two years. If I knew if I knew ahead of time we were going to shut down again for two years, we'd just fly to South Africa and start walking. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Well, there's that one I can't remember the name of it. That the one in Spain that um, Martin Sheen walked across with his son, and they made a movie out of it. It's the um, it's some it's a pilgrimage walk goes across Spain into um, the Basque country. Hmm. I can't remember. Yeah, I'll have to look it up. Yeah, I would love to do that. I don't know if I'd like to. I don't really want to go to Russia. <laughs> I think I would I would go just to see it. I read a book about Siberia this summer where these people biked across Siberia. And it was just wild. They would get to these small villages and these people had never really even seen the outside world. And it was, they said they were the kindest, most sweetest people. And they were just like, oh, talk to us, yeah. talk to us. We want to know about life. And I was thinking that would be pretty amazing to see of just such an untouched world. Right. So and far away from everything. To have a whole bunch of people come out and holler and celebrate because you're there. Just looking <laughs> at you like. Every time you hit a city. <laughs> That's got to yeah. be great for your self-esteem. <laughs> right. Yeah. You're not the 50 people that live here. So you're very exciting. <laughs> yeah. Every, yeah. Every new place. Every hundred miles or so. You're right. a celebrity. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um. So one other thing, this kind of goes back to where where we started with your with your practice, and I really loved the quote you have on your website where light travels at 186,000 miles per second, and that's how fast we can heal. Theoretically, yes, we're for energy. Energy is light. Light travels at 186 miles per second. That's how fast we can theoretically heal. Yes. Absolutely. You just change the frequency and you're healed. And I have had that happen with people for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, that has to be such a, so rewarding to be able to get that knowledge, especially the way you got it, where you were kind of like, yeah, okay, we'll see about this. Screaming the whole way. Yeah. <laughs> and then you get to make this beautiful life and get to, get to see I think it's so neat, like just such a different way of approaching medicine and, and yeah. healing people that I think so many people, and I, I this is just me outside looking in because I haven't thought about it a ton, but um, I feel like, like you said, people were resistant to it, but once they see it and can feel that change, I feel like 
it's got to be cool to to see the change, but also the change in mindset to get them to be like, oh, this this is actually something that works. Yeah, that was that was just this, this you know sort of a sociological um, progression, really. You know, it was that that quantum mechanic um, conversation was around but it was in a small group of people. And then now it's with the advent of all of the um, technology that we have. Now it's a very common conversation. People, very young people are like, oh yeah, I know that. I didn't, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, so uh, how has it changed during the pandemic for you? Uh, my, my business um, has, has stayed the same. Uh, it's a little slower. Yeah. Um, but I've been working a lot with people on, you know, um, depression and fear and a lot of those really deep, um, unresolved issues people have that have get, that get triggered in some, in a, in a situation like, like the pandemic. So there's been a lot of people who've been triggered a lot. Yeah. And so, you know, um, we've been working with them and it's really been helpful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's amazing. I know I've, I've talked to a lot of people, um, in my industry, in the music industry that, I mean, everybody around the world has been in this, that has not looked like anything that anybody's ever seen before. So I know there's a lot of mental health struggles, in every every walk of life but um yeah it's it's i know as i talk to those people and all the ideas that they've brought up of of their mental health i was like when i was drinking i know i wouldn't have made it through this pandemic oh really you know like it, it i know my mindset i wouldn't have been strong enough to make it i probably would have just drank myself away Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you got help before this thing. Yeah. So I've you know, all that to say, like I think it's really beautiful work that you do to be there for Thank you. people I in this love time. It. I I love it. I've seen so much transformation. It's just wonderful, you know. And and because because, you know, of that that statement, you know, that light travels at this at 186,000 miles per second you know people can heal really fast in in this particular modality it's i mean i had somebody in my office the other day well i don't have anybody in my office right now right. <laughs> but i had somebody tell me the other day they went wow that was just like five five therapy sessions <laughs> yeah i bet people, people say that a lot you know and, um, you know, back to your liver, you know, the, the liver, liver, livid, you know, resentment and those kinds of things, you know, and, I, you know, I don't know if, I mean, I know we all have that and I don't have any judgment about it, but, you know, that's, that's stuff you can look at too. Yeah. To help you totally heal. Yeah. And I was. I was very ignorant to what the liver was capable of and how much you can beat it up before it just finally gives up. But I was, I've, I've been amazed to see in myself 
in my own liver of how much it can rejuvenate. Yeah, how it, it can does. go from something so terrible to still beat up a little bit. It's been it's been through a good street fight or two or three, but it's it's still there. It's it's pretty yeah. amazing. Yes. I'm so glad. <laughs> um, you need it, you know. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, you need that... it. it's it's the lab. It's yeah. your lab, you know. <laughs> yeah, I just truly didn't. I didn't realize, or I didn't think about it. But I, I remember, I I used to play basketball a long time ago. But I remember, pretty soon after I got out of the hospital, I was hanging out with some people, and I was trying to shoot, just shoot baskets with with them, and I couldn't. I was I was missing so badly. I couldn't even get the ball to the rim because I didn't have any strength in my legs. And it was because my liver was so the activity was so poor that I wasn't I didn't realize that all the blood flowed up and then went back down and it was they're all so connected through the liver and because mine was not working that well. I was struggling even with something that I had done forever. I couldn't even do it correctly. Aww. I was like, man, it's unbelievable. It's a it's a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I saw on your sheet that you also sent over um it you you had um like little bullet points of like frustration with your jobs and unfulfilling relationships. So is that that's something you help with as well? Oh yeah. In your practice? Yeah. I I do a lot of work with couples. Um we we uh it's an interesting thing. I didn't really think you could do that on the phone, but we do couple sessions on the phone and have been through the whole pandemic and um, yeah, um, all kinds of relationship issues, you know, just from having people come into my office about ready to kill each other, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and walking out and there's birds tweeting and hearts everywhere, you know, that's the greatest. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Um, and relationships with their kids too, you know, I'm, I, I work with a lot of kids, I've had kids on the spectrum and we've gotten them off the spectrum and, you know, just a, a, a lot of, uh, I really, people say, well, what can you repattern? I tell them anything, yeah. you know, if you've got a, a class tomorrow and it's got a big test in it and you come in and get repatterned you probably ace the test. That's so cool. It is cool. I just, I think it's so neat because I hear so many different avenues and I, I love, I, that's why I was so interested to talk to you and hear about this more because you hear about the therapy and the standard way of doing things. But I, I, I love that there are so many different options out there and every part works for people, but absolutely. And I, I never discourage anyone, you know, with my sobriety journey, yeah. I did it far different than most people would. And that's fine. And other people do it this way and that way, same with therapy. And it's like, take the help where you can get it. But I love that you, you have this whole different way. And somebody said, that was like five therapy sessions. I love that. Mm -hmm. Well, I have a um, on my website. Uh, I have a, uh, a documentary. I had a documentary filmmaker come in for a session, and she was so blown away by the work that she made a movie out of my practice. Wow! 
Yes, it's very, it's, they gave it to me as a gift and it's very beautiful. I mean, oh, that's so cool. Yes. It has um, Chloe Wordsworth, the woman who developed resonance repatterning. She's on it and I'm on it and 12 of my clients are on it. And we've got four-year-olds and, you know, just the whole nine yards, people talking about what it does. And the documentary filmmaker, she, she follows up at the end and she, she said, I don't, I don't think I could have gotten to this issue that came up. I, I've never gotten into it in therapy and I don't think I could have gotten to it in, in five years of therapy. Wow. And Chloe, the woman who developed this says she's talked to psychiatrists who have said that we've gotten to um, issues that people have in one session that he didn't get um, to in five years of therapy. That's incredible. Yeah. So it's pretty lasered, you know? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So is it, is that what you would, is it, so is it because it's so hyper-focused on what they come in with? Say I came in and said sugar addiction. Is it because they come in and you, then you go straight to that? Or is it like, do you broaden it when, if I say I wanted something yeah, like repatterned with sugar addiction and then would you broaden it or do you just go straight for that and then see where it goes? Both. Okay. It, just, it just depends on the person, but for sugar addiction, you know, you could, you could find out Nick, that, um, um, there was a, there's something that happened in your childhood that has to do with that. Like, I don't know. I've had sugar addiction where people, people had a nanny that fed them sugar all the time. Mm. And that nanny was just disappeared. And, you know, that sugar brought them to the nanny and wow. they didn't know, they did not know that. Right. That was in their subconscious. And um, once we got to that, they, they got beyond it. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So <laughs> That's so cool. Yes, it's And it's, I love I I just love so much that it's it is just for such a beautiful part of helping humans through all this stuff that is out there cuz there's so much that people bring in especially in these times like you said. I think it's I, I don't know. I just I love yeah. I love what you're doing. I think it's so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. I, I feel um, very blessed to be able to do it. Yeah. And I, I, you know, I got over my, <laughs> not only no, but hell no. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So your friends that um, took you to it, are they still practicing? No, uh, no. Uh, That's amazing. But, <laughs> no, but they're they're still in some kind of healing modality. Okay. You know, they still are in the, the healing world in some capacity. Um, yeah, it, that was a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just the, yeah, that's so fun that that they took you and you said the yeah hell no and now now it's become a life's work. Yeah. <laughs> and I I think that speaks to a lot of uh, that could speak to a lot of people of when you're seeing that opportunity and you, if you're sitting there going, hell no, maybe take that step and go for it and see, because who knows 
what's coming or what what you find purpose in yeah and and why is it in your face right right i mean you, you have to look you don't have to i don't espouse that you ha- ever have to do anything i say <laughs> right <laughs> but it's <laughs> it's really good you know <laughs> Right. It's really good if if you take a look at it. Just make sure you know. Take a take some time to really check it out. Yeah, I I'm I'm with you. I think if if something keeps popping up in your life, at least give it a look. If it just keeps popping up, it's like okay, why? Right. See what's see what's happening with it. Even if it's something that you have no idea what it was or why it would interest you. Or well. no idea, no, and or no way in hell do you want to do anything with it. Right. <laughs> That's how I was. Yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. Um, all right. Well, I have a, I have a couple more questions for you that I like to ask everybody um, on this podcast. Um, and first one is, uh, what would you want the world to know about you? Hmm. What I want the world to know about me? Ah, that I have a big heart. Yeah. I mean, I, to jump back, jump on that with you, I can't imagine someone doing the work that you're doing and helping with what you're helping with without having a big heart. Um, Well, maybe, you know, you're right. (laughs) But I, I, I do... Uh, aspire to have that as a as um, a quality that I have in life. Yeah. And do you feel I was I forget I was speaking with another woman that um, she she lives in Australia and she's a counselor and she said she felt it when she was very young at like pre 10 years old that she just like was talking to her friends and being there for them. And that's kind of how she kind of found her path into what she's doing. Do you feel that you felt it before your hell no moment or was it something that, that came about with that? Really? I know ne- I, I wanted to make a difference in the world. Hmm. Right. Yeah. Um, somehow, but I had no idea how, and, and, it, you know, while I was in the midst of, you know, getting, trying to figure this thing whole, this, this whole thing out. I, I really, um, you know, I, I really missed that it would be, that it would be a way to make a difference in the world. And then finally it hit me. I was like, Oh my God, I know how to do this beautiful thing, you know? And yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I, I think, I think that's a really important thought is, how do I make a difference in the world? And I think a ton of people get caught up in the broad, how do I change the world? When you can really sit there and change one person and then they feel better and then they go talk to somebody else and you spread that ripple out and then that that inspires change around. Right. Also and, creates a, it creates a, a change in the in the energetic structure of what's going on you know and it makes it easier for other people to change yeah and yeah it's 
Yeah. So I, I think that's cool. I, I mean, kind of why I wanted to start doing this podcast. I started it as a blog where I would ask, I would send 20 some questions and I, I would just ask people to tell me basically about their life and answer these questions. And I, the most common question I got was, why, why me? Why I'm not in I'm not interesting. Why would you want to hear about my story? And I just said, because of your story. And I think that empowerment was something I felt when I was starting to tell my story of my sobriety and, and just life in general. And so that's why I love doing this podcast is for people to hear different stories, different, different mindsets on life and different avenues of life where you can make a difference, even if it's in a small way, every bit of difference is, is a big difference in the world. Yeah. And, and when you talk about your story, you talk about all of those things, like you talking about your, your sobriety, it, it anchors it in, in a way, you know? Yeah. And, and it makes it, it makes it commonplace. It doesn't, it isn't something that's so, I don't want to talk about this, this healing or this energy or sobriety where some people can get to where it seems off topic, but it's, it's life. I mean, we have to talk about these sorts of issues or it doesn't get to be commonplace and then we don't find the power in it. I think the people, yeah, that's a good point. I think that the people that would find it um, would, would not uh, really want it to be talked about would be people that drink too much. For sure. Right? A hundred percent. Yeah. I was that person. So that's why I know why my power will have, or my story will have power to that person. That's when I, when I tell my story, I don't tell it for the golf claps and the congratulations, which you should give someone congratulations and golf claps when they're getting sober. Cause it's a massive, massive thing. <laughs> but I, I always tell it for the person that was me in the back of a tour bus or hiding my, my bottles and, that you know that's why i want to share it and i know there's power in that so i love sharing these these types of stories and these kind of conversations to spread around the beauty of of what you're doing and the power that you're bringing to the world and and let people know that if they're feeling these kinds of ways that there are people like you out there that that they can reach out to to talk to and find power and find strength in their in, in themselves yeah, I people ask me what does resonance repatterning do, and I tell them it just makes people empowered, makes them empowered, and it teaches them how to love. And how I mean, <clears throat> those me. are two of the biggest, most important parts of yourself is self love and self empowerment. Right. I mean, I when you feel that empowerment, like I felt. And someone brought this up the other day, actually. It was a really beautiful thought. I told him about this moment where this guy on on the first tour I went on when I was back out sober, and we were at a bar, first time back in a bar, so that was a big step for me, just going in without drinking. He asked me what I wanted to drink, and I said, I'll take a soda water. Flash forward, he goes, oh, so you don't drink. And I was like, no, I massively drink. I just cannot drink anymore ever again. So <laughs> there's a difference. <laughs> there's a big difference. I 100% drink far too much, so I cannot do it anymore. 
Um, and he, in that moment said, oh, well, that's really cool. Don't worry about it. If we, if, if you need to go, let's go, let's get out of here. And he gave me that step of empowerment where he was the first person in a bar setting in my industry that said, that's cool that you don't. Cause I had tied so much of my identity into me as a drinker and me right. as a party person. So when I felt that empowerment, it was incredible. And it, it put me to a different trajectory in my sobriety of of just that self-power where I felt that finally, where I thought, oh, well, it is cool to be sober. I got this. Now it's in my mind. And that helped so much. So I was telling this story to this kid, this dude I was talking to, and he goes, so what in your day-to-day -day life now can be that empowerment moment? Where can you find that? At each day, where can you find that Wow. Oh, yeah. an empowerment of that you felt of sobriety. Where can you find those? And he said, you don't have to answer it. Because when, when he asked, I was like, oh, and I didn't know what to say. And he goes, no, no, no. That's just a challenge for me, for everyone listening. Challenge yourself to find those massive empowerment moments that you can give yourself because those are so helpful. Yeah. That just builds. Yeah. That's wonderful. Yeah, I thought that was such a cool point. It really took me back and I went, wow, I like that. So a challenge to anybody listening. It is, it really is a um, an empowering moment when you go back into a bar and you know that, yeah, I can do this. Yeah. <laughs> I got this, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point I didn't, you know, I, I didn't have that mindset yet. And then when he told me that, I said, Oh, I got this. I'm good. Because now I have I have somebody that has told me it's all good. We can well, get out I mean, of here if you need to. You might not have thought you wouldn't get you would get support in the bar either. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Nice. So yeah, that was a that was a big a big moment. So it's cool now I have a mindset once this guy Andrew said, find those those moments in your day to day. I was like, I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep that in my mind and find those yeah, those moments. Definitely to empower myself and it's nice because I get to have these these types of conversations with so many different people that I it's been really? incredible get something from everybody yeah, absolutely <laughs> and I love it because as of an hour ago we were perfect strangers except for a couple emails and then we get to have this and I now I get to walk away with the knowledge you've given me so I truly appreciate that and I've, I've truly I enjoyed it I really enjoy that about my job. Yeah. Where I know people on such a deep, intimate level, you know, it's just such an honor. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I think when, I think the biggest, I know the biggest compliment I can get is at the end of one of these where I'm, I'm hanging out with someone, if, even if I've known them or I don't know them at all. And at the end, they just say that was really easy and really nice and a good conversation. Even if we had a really hard talk or something they had never spoken about and they, they can come to me and say, man, that was really nice. That was really a good conversation. It felt good. That's the biggest compliment I can get is oh, that's great. Yeah. just having, having that space for people like you provide. Same same deal. Yeah. The same thing. Yeah. Different, different clothing maybe, but same thing. Yeah, exactly. All, yeah. all self-empowerment and self-love. That's yeah. what I'm pushing. Yeah. <laughs> pushing that out. That's great. We need, the world needs a lot more of it. Yeah, we do. 
and that, people that's enjoy people enjoy life so much more when they're in that state yeah you know yeah and, and that's that's why i called this beautifully human because it's not oh we're so all so beautiful it's we're all beautifully human and that that includes the gritty not beautiful stuff of life but that's that's life and that makes us beautifully human yeah well we all suffer and suffering can be a beautiful deep wrenching thing where you yeah. get a lot of growth from you know part of the part of the deal here yeah I wouldn't be here had I not slammed myself through a wall with, with drinking and gone oh. to the hospital. No. You, you know. yourself through a wall in a car? No, no, no. Literally, just figuratively into, oh. through a wall oh. <laughs> in life. No, no, no. <laughs> just, just to the, the darkest part that I could take myself in life. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I definitely wouldn't be here. But, um, all right. Last question I have for you. And it is, if you had the ear of everybody in the world, what would you say to them? Uh, I would say learn to love yourself. And I would say um, there's a lot of ways you can learn that. There's a lot of help out there to achieve something like that. Um, but I would, I would say that because I think that's how to live the most fulfilling life you can. And, yeah. and it's just softer and nice, just, you know, more, um, more easy on you and more easy on the world. And Yeah. Yeah. It puts out. It, it radiates when, when you find that self-love and then it, it, it's that ripple again of when people feel safe and comfortable around you, then they start to feel that as well. And they start to push that out and it's beautiful. It is. It's a beautiful thing. Really. Yes. <laughs> and well, I love Janet Jackson. Oh yeah. <laughs> I love, I do as well. I do as well. I used to run to her all the time. <laughs> yeah, she is fantastic. Yep. Well, Mary, I thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me. This has been well, fantastic. Thank you. It was just absolutely delightful. Really. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And um, I hope we can talk again. Or... Yeah, I would love that. Yeah. And well, when we get to traveling, I hope I make it down through Austin to some point. Oh, great. Well, if you do, don't forget. I, I, I would I know I would the love... city really well. Yeah, exactly. I know the good places to go. <laughs> I always like to have the locals' opinion. Yeah, right. Yeah, if you're yeah traveling around, that's that's where you find out where the where the great food is, where the great great music is. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. 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 Well, I hope you have a beautiful rest of of your day today. You and too. Again, thank you for thank your time you. and hanging out with me. This was great. I appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Beautifully Human podcast. To hear more beautiful stories from beautiful humans, follow us on Spotify and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at the Beautifully Human Podcast. Peace signs up.